Today's episode is brought to you in part by Logos. Logos combines digital books with intelligent software to help you study the Bible deeply. Do word studies with one click, search for virtually anything in your Bible, and enjoy dozens of features that help you see more in Scripture. Right now, you can find my book, Virtuous Persuasion, A Theology of Christian Mission, as well as get a listener discount on Logos by visiting logos.com slash mniebauer. That's logos.com slash mniebauer. I want to begin by asking us to reconsider our pictures of Easter and heaven. Is Easter a lighthearted affair with pastels, rainbows, and bunnies? Or is it a startling and terrifying event? Is heaven a place in the clouds where our spirits wander around meeting historical figures? Or is it a physical place saturated with the glory of God? Welcome to This We Believe the podcast where we explain the essential texts of the Christian faith. My name is Dr. Michael Niebauer. Today we will be examining the resurrection of Jesus. But before we do, we have to first attend to the sentence in the Apostles' Creed that comes just after the cross and just before the resurrection, in which the creed states that Jesus descended to the dead, or to put it another way, descended to hell. This is perhaps one of the most perplexing statements in the creed. How do we make sense of this passage? Well, first, we have to understand that there are two different hellish places in the Bible, one called Gehenna, the other Sheol or Hades. Gehenna is the lake of fire. This is what we commonly think of when we think of hell as a place of fire and brimstone. The other place, though, is called Sheol or Hades, which simply means the place of the dead or simply death itself. Often in the Old Testament, the words for hell and death are identical. This place, Hades, we can think of as a, as a kind of shadowy afterlife, a place of sleep. It is, in a sense, a, a spiritual waiting area, where the souls of those who have died are awaiting their final judgment. It is this place that the creed refers to when it states that Jesus descended to the dead. Now, the creed emphasizes this point to stress that Jesus really did die. He experienced death. The cross is not a kind of stage play, a performance meant merely to inspire us. The cross led to the real and physical death of Jesus. And if you recall, we had mentioned how sin leads to loneliness, isolation, and death. And we can think of death as a kind of amplification of our loneliness and isolation. When we die, we are cut off in one instant from all of our earthly relationships. This is what Jesus experiences as he is dying. And this is why he says on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This tells us that Jesus experienced that profound loneliness that we will all experience when we die. In response to this, we need to take a moment of silence. Despite what we know is going to happen three days later in Easter, we have to acknowledge that Jesus really was crucified and entered into Hades, entered into death. 
For those of us who worship in liturgical churches, for instance, Holy Saturday, that day in between Good Friday and Easter, is the only day in which we are not allowed to celebrate communion. It's supposed to be the sign that if the biblical story ended with Jesus' descent to death, we would not have anything to celebrate. But fortunately for us, there is more to the story. Jesus enters fully into death so that he might fully reverse death. Jesus descends to the dead in order to open up the gates of Hades. Jesus goes down to hell to enable those who are asleep to rise with him, which is why the creed continues by stating that Jesus rose from the dead. Jesus conquered death and appeared to his followers in his resurrected body. Now, the story of that first Easter is very different from our popular celebrations. There are not pastel colors or candy or bunnies. If you read through the stories in the Bible about the appearances of Jesus after his death, you will notice the opposite of this. There is panic, confusion, and bewilderment. Why is this the case? Well, the answer is quite simple. The disciples were confused because people don't rise from the dead. This was as much a fact 2,000 years ago as it is today. The resurrection accounts are very honest. People are terrified and confused. This is a sign that these stories are not well-crafted myths, but true stories depicting an incredible and unexpected event. The resurrection validates the fact that Jesus is God, for it is only God who can conquer death. Christianity is unique amongst other religions in that it hinges on this verifiable event in history. Now, there's also confusion because Jesus looked different when he rose from the dead. He didn't appear as the same Jesus that they saw a few days earlier. He was both resurrected in the flesh and in glory. First, Jesus' resurrection was a bodily resurrection. Jesus rose from the dead And he didn't do this as a spirit or an apparition. He did not rise as a ghost, but instead has flesh and bones. And when he appeared to his followers, he ate food and asked them to touch his side and his wounds. But more than that, his body was not like ours. It was, in a sense, more than that. Jesus was able to walk through walls, appear and disappear at a whim. When Jesus was recognized, his followers saw the glory of God shine through him. We can say here that Jesus' resurrected body manifested to the world the fullness of God's glory and beauty. See, Jesus fulfills and even goes beyond bodily life. Now, the Bible calls Jesus the first fruits of the resurrection. He is the first to enter into death and to be physically resurrected. And so to follow Jesus is to trust that we will follow after him. We will follow through death and through resurrection. When we die, we share in the cross of Jesus. And when we we conquer death, we conquer death through Jesus' resurrection. This means that when we rise, our bodies will resemble Jesus' resurrected body. We too then will have physical bodies. Heaven is not a place where our spirits swim in the ether, 
but a physical place where we interact, where we eat, where we drink. One of my favorite passages in the Bible is in John chapter 21, where the resurrected Christ appears to some of his disciples in the morning and cooks them fish. Jesus eats breakfast. It's the sign that a simple physical enjoyment, like eating a meal with friends, is preserved in heaven. Furthermore, the resurrection of our bodies is important because it is through our bodies that we experience the world and communicate with others. We value being physically present in other people's lives. Think about a conversation you have with a friend on the phone. Wouldn't you rather have that same conversation in person? Zoom calls are are bittersweet because they stir in us a longing to be physically present with those we love. There's just something about physical presence that is so important, even if we can't quite describe it in words. You see, I don't just want to think about a loved one. I want to see them, to embrace them. The good news is that for Christians, we can look forward to a physical eternity with our friends, which means that we won't have to FaceTime our friends, but instead we will hug them. Now, in addition to this, our bodies will reflect the glory of the resurrected Christ. We will shine with the very glory of God. Heaven is the place that is filled with God's glory. And our ultimate goal is not just to get to heaven to be with our friends, but instead it is to enter fully into God's presence and experience his glory. We will discuss this further in a few episodes when we discuss the last line of the Apostles' Creed, dealing with the life of the world to come. For now, we will continue our discussion of the Creed with the next great and important event in the life of Jesus Christ, his ascension to heaven. I'd like to thank you for joining me today on This We Believe. If you have enjoyed this episode, I'd ask that you tell one other friend about us. This will go a long way to helping others find us. And if you'd like to connect further, please visit our Facebook page at This We Believe Podcast. You can connect with us on Twitter, we-believe-pod. If you have a question you'd like to see answered on a future episode, please send us an email at thisweBelievePodcast at gmail.com. Take care and God bless. Mm-hmm.